Uh, I seem to have misplaced my airplane. Has anybody seen it? The Griff Report starts now. Two, one, boom. Hotep Jesus. Of all the Jesuses I know, he's the Hotepiest. Social scientist and YouTube host, Hotep Jesus. How the fuck do you get a name like Hotep Jesus? The one and only Hotep Jesus. Ryan Sharp, better known to the world as Hotep Jesus. Hotep Jesus. Hotep Jesus. Hotep, Hotep, Hotep Jesus. Hotep, you're a genius. Hotepjesus.com. Somebody said... What do you think you are? Some kind of Hotep Jesus? Ooh, and that's I was good. Just like, ooh, that's sexy. <laughs> yes, I do think I'm Hotep <laughs> Jesus. What's up, people? Welcome. Happy Monday. It's the Griff Report. I'm your host, Hotep Jesus, the Griff God. Hotep Jesus. Hotep, you're a genius. Hotepjesus.com. What's up, people? Shout out to the chatters in the chat. Wilmar, what up, bro? How y'all feeling? How y'all feeling? Happy Monday and all of that. What are the grifters grifting today? I don't even know what the grifters are grifting. I guess the airplane story. I'm not really looking into that shit. I got to be honest with you. I'm not looking into any airplane story about missing airplanes. I guess the Air Force or something connected the damn thing to chat GPT. And now the plane has a mind of its own. It's flying around on autopilot somewhere. The pilot has ejected and the conspiracy theorists are running wild. Our tax paying dollars at work. <laughs> Our tax do tax dollars at work. Anyway, let's get to the Griff Report. Let's shake up the bag. Shake up the bag. Shake up the bag. Let's see what's in here. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Uh, so I just tweeted this out earlier. OpenAI and Google are racing to release a multimodal LLM. And basically what that is, it basically can uh, look at images and text and understand what their meaning is. And uh, Goldstein responds and says, that's going to be a great way to frame people over social media posts in a court of law. If the machines say it's terrorism, that's what it's going to be. Yeah, I mean, a lot of, you know, th this can really make your koofy go crazy if you allow it to. Um, however, me, uh, being the tech geek that I am, I can't wait. I can't wait. I need, I need ChatGBT to make images and videos images and videos um later today i'll be setting up a f i wouldn't say fully autonomous i would say semi-autonomous twitter bot that you can talk to and it'll reply to i think i'll be able to pull this off today uh, i'm going to do some more research so look out for that announcement coming soon and uh yeah so that's gonna be pretty cool i can't wait to announce that Right, let's go back in the biggie bag. Let's go in the biggie bag. The Griff Report bag. What's in here? Uh, climate activists all over the country shut down entrances to the New York Federal Reserve. I just hate how climate activists just seem to be a little bit more on point than the rest of the people. Because uh, they chose the right spot. I wish it wasn't for climate change initiatives. Because mm, I think climate change is a hoax. I don't know. Maybe. I haven't researched it, so I couldn't say definitively one way or another, but the climate changes. That's all I know. The climate changes naturally. So, and I, I do believe we are ruining the earth. I do believe um, there is pollution, which brings us to our first clip of the day. I want you guys to listen to this. This is, this is something that I've said to people. Maybe it'll register because it comes from a white face and won't seem so biased. 
this guy is saying exactly what I've been thinking about for a really, 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 really long time. Let me um make sure you guys can see this. I want you to see it in full. Let's go. You're good at making things, but you've never really figured out how to how to make things without also harming people. You've never really figured out how. Did you hear that? You never figured out how to make things without harming people. This is what I was saying before, you know, when people talked about the lack of technological advances by native people. I believe wholeheartedly that they did a cost benefit analysis and they said, I'm not going to develop X because it could ruin the earth. It could ruin the environment. It could ruin our chances of survival as a species. I think many native cultures thought about that. And then, well, let's just let them finish. But to be humane and decent in the process of production. But according to your value system, it's worth it. The untold human suffering behind your technological achievements and advancement uh, is all worth it to you, you know, for the sake of fancy devices and for the sake of entirely unnecessary conveniences and comforts. Conveniences and comforts, which we already know, are actually uh, contributing to the deterioration of people's skills of their attention spans, of their memory, of their intelligence, even their health and their character. So what's it all for? What are you bragging about? Well, the defense will be, you know, this is the, this is the classic one. Everyone wants to immigrate to the West. If it was so bad, why would everyone want to come to the West? You know, why would they want to leave if it wasn't better than in their home countries? Yeah, sure. You burned and looted all the houses on the block and now everybody wants to come and stay at your house. It's really a mystery, isn't it? It must be because your house is so nice. Look, in order to make your countries uh, prosperous and comfortable, you had to make living conditions everywhere else unlivable. So people wanting to move to the West to escape the deprivation and violence caused by the West uh, is not a very good defense of Western civilization. <laughs> it turns out that like pretty much every defense that you give uh, actually just turns out to be another indictment against you. But look, there's no reason to be defensive. I'm not calling you names. I'm not defaming you. I'm not even against you, really. You have been devastatingly misled about your civilization and your civilization has by design not equipped you to ever rehabilitate it you've had cognitive dissonance inflicted on you since childhood it's not your fault you've been raised since childhood in a fog of deception and lies and duplicity uh, that you can't discern. You're like uh, someone who's married to, uh, to a spouse who constantly lies to them and gaslights them and emotionally and psychologically abuses them. And everyone can see it but you. But you're so invested in the lies that you can't face the reality that your spouse, in this case your civilization, is not what you thought it was. It's not what you were told it was. 
and you find out that you're actually married to a monster. I know that's not easy to accept. It's not easy to face. Mm, 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 mm. Well put, sir. Well put. Oh, this, is, this is the argument I've been making for a really, really long time. Uh, mostly when I was online and I was met with um, some comments, mostly by, I don't know, I guess we're calling them, you know, neo-Nazis, uh, white nationalists, far right wing white people. I don't know whatever term we're using. Uh, let's just say, um, you know, white nationalists, right? Let's just say white nationalists. You know, white nationalists will take a look at impoverished nations, specifically in Africa, right? They'll look at the, the African nations and they go, ha, 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 look at your people, look at your people. I'm like, you caused that. <laughs> like, like that was Western civilization created that. Like, like that, again, it's an indictment against you and the devastation you created. It wasn't just like that. It took years of colonization to create something like that. Mostly what caused the devastation, though, was economic colonization. Destroyed many nations much worse than anything. I mean, take a look at Libya right now. You look at the stories around Libya. Libya can barely survive a natural disaster. A country that was once had a 0% unemployment rate. Uh, in fact, it was illegal to be, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was illegal to be uh, homeless in Libya because all you had to do is go to the government and they provided one for you. You know, Libya had a ton of resources. So it's just appalling to me when they also use that thing. Oh, everybody's leaving and they're coming here. Why are they coming here? And I'm like, well, because the international monetary fund, the world bank, bank of international settlements and all these other economic groups have done a poor job or maybe great, depending on how you want to look at this, of aiding with economic policy through their loan programs. Now, I came to this conclusion looking at the subject of plastic. I always had an issue with plastic things. Still kind of do. But when I was in my we can save the world phase, I was looking at uh, plastic-like why does this exist? Like, why does this plastic bottle exist? If it's so bad for the earth, why don't we stop making it? And then that's when I ran across biodegradable uh, plastics. Like, why aren't we using that? Why are we using all these chemicals? And then that's when I fell into the story of DuPont, you know, outlawing hemp because, you know, a million and one products can be made from hemp. And there was hemp plastics that were much safer for the environment and all these things. And uh, then we look at the invention of the iPhone, right? One of the greatest, worst inventions ever created. Um, Steve Jobs really did a number on the public. The public was not ready for the smartphone. The smartphone has great invention, completely destroyed our minds. Like he said, completely destroyed, destroyed our ability to communicate because everything is quick, fast, and in a hurry. These bite-sized videos text messages. People don't even want phone calls anymore. 
So they brag about these things and all these things that the West has. And I'm like, but it comes at the cost of somebody else's life. Like, is that something to be proud of? I mean, if, if you if you think that causing children to suffer in a foreign nation is worth the cost of having technology, I think you got to check your morality. And uh, many people don't care. And that's why you always have this black nationalist, white nationalist clash clash where I tend to lean towards the black nationalist side because where's your morality, right? So the black nationalists say things like um, white people are genetically predisposed to violence and destroying the earth. And I'm like, I don't believe that's true. But there is a moral argument to be made for these white nationalists in particular to where they don't give a damn that other lives are lost, mostly because these people have racial hatred for whatever reason that may be. I think just because they probably grew up in a trailer park and anybody who grew up in a trailer park probably should be upset and mad at the world and seeing other people get an opportunity that they, they can't or won't achieve. Nothing really stopping them other than communism. Um, so, yeah, I, I just, uh, it, it's it's the type of thing where I'm like, you really got to check your morality as a person. You know, I have an iPhone. I do. I have one. It's right here. This is my iPhone. I have an iPhone. Right? Am I proud of it? I don't go, yeah, I got an iPhone. Ha, ha, ha. Fuck those people over in foreign nations. No, I don't. I Sometimes I pray for them. Sometimes, you know, when I'm using my phone, I pray for those people. I feel, I feel like... And the other thing is, too, like these climate change people who want to move everything to electric. And I'm like, you know, like all those materials got to come from mines in Africa. And children got to work for it. Nobody really says anything about that left or right. So really good words from dude here. I think as Americans, we really got to check. We got to check our privilege, as the leftists would say. We got to check our privilege. We got to understand that the privileges afforded to Americans of being in America is at the cost of somebody else's life. And uh, I think I've tweeted something like that before, which is interesting enough. Um, um trying to find it here but basically what i said is you know the the cost of uh the american way of life is somebody else's life literally literally everything we got that we're afforded uh, is because of somebody else's life just is what it is all right let's go back in the back Let's go back in the bag. I just had to drop that on you, a little, little deep thought for Monday. But um, childhood education contributes to um, our environment, contributes to this, the people we're around, contributes to this idea of Western technological advances and America's great. You know, all this jingoism is what causes this cognitive dissonance and this blind spot to see what we're doing to foreign nations to give us um, our way of life. 
our high quality of life. You know? Um, Francis Crest Wilson talks about the cognitive dissonance of American of the American white man. Yeah, I think because they were the first to be educated by the Rockefellers, therefore they're going to be the most brainwashed. They're going to be the most brainwashed. This is what it is. And as I said, before they got to the black mind, they got to the white mind. And that's what I believe a lot of Protestant Puritanism, um, you know, uh, post-Civil War, antebellum South, et cetera, et cetera. All of that stuff was about getting to the black mind. I understood that black kids weren't going to white institutions. And I've showed you before in the Board of uh, Brown versus the Board of Education. It shows you right there that it was about changing culture. Educating black kids was about making them think like white people being controlled by the Rockefeller controlled Rockefeller funded uh, education system. I do have an interesting tweet though here. Let me pull this up, which is um, actually right in line with uh, what I just said uh, right here, September 1st, 2019, put this on the screen. Nope, not that. Right here. The cost of free education is ownership of our mind and its thoughts. I think I'm gonna retweet that. Let's let's retweet that. Get that another little another run. The cost of free education is ownership of our minds and its thoughts. When you get that free education, the education's free? No. They want to control your mind. They need that jingoism. They need that. So you support the war overseas. You know? Yeah, everybody hit the like button. Everybody hit the like button. Sounds commie to you? Yeah, it does sound commie. The world got communication at a huge scale, but lost its humanity at a cost. If we didn't do it, some other country would. It seems like the rationale. Uh, <laughs> that's not rational. <laughs> you didn't learn your lesson. You didn't learn your lesson. Country X. It doesn't have to be America. Country X. Could be any country. The fact that it's happening, those people should not be proud when other people are losing as a result. It's an argument of morality and ethics. It's what it is. You can swap the countries and say, oh, if that, we didn't do it, somebody else would. Yeah, I mean, sure, you can do that, but that's, like, what, what, what are you saying? <laughs> You're not saying anything. You're just, you just creating a circular argument. I want better for us, that's all. I just want better thinking for us. I just want better thinking. You don't have to throw away your iPhones and start, you know, a huge revolution. I just want better thinking. I just want better thinking. Uh, let's get to the race grift. Let's get to the race grift. So the race grift goes both ways, right? So here we have uh, Eva, uh, self-proclaimed shield maiden of the far right, right? So this is one of those, uh, you know, white supremacist accounts or something like the white nationalist accounts, which is cool or whatever. 
it's basically um i don't know i guess we can call it a, a you know a victim account because that's really what these people do they just like complain and it's it's like the uh, opposite of Black Lives Matter. When Black Lives Matter was complaining about everything, everybody called him a victim. Then everybody saw the power or lack of power in being a victim and then chose to be a victim. Kind of really weird. So, unfortunately, this gentleman lost his life. He was hit and run over while cycling. And then um, she basically says uh, he was run over by two black guys. She says he was run over by two black guys. I don't even know if this count as a real person, to be honest with you. Maybe she is, maybe she's not. I don't know. Um, could be AI generated. So, uh, this account says, I certainly don't agree with this behavior, but you can clearly see the driver is white. She says multiple outlets have reported they're black. From what I can tell and hear in the video, they're definitely not white. Listen to what they're saying, too. And it says here, national file. Uh, black Las Vegas teenager steal a car, then rampage around a city, smashing into other vehicles before murdering a bicyclist. Uh, this person says they're Hispanic. The school they attend is 95% Hispanic. Not that it matters. Evil's evil. If they were black, their faces would be plastered over mainstream media and Fox News. I don't think that's true. Uh, the fact that they're hiding their identities under the guise of being a minor says a lot. Um, yeah, I don't even know why you record yourself. You know, that kind of is strange. Um, so this is this is one side of the race grift, right? Where you, you know, um, and then they have the pictures here of the gentleman. I don't know if they black, Hispanic or what. However, what they're trying to say is that because the individuals are using the type of language that they're using, right? They're using this. They're using, they're dropping an N-bomb, right? They're dropping an N-bomb left and right. And then somebody in the thread posted a video of a bunch of Asian people fighting and they dropping the N-bomb left and right. And what I gotta tell you is the N-bomb is now ubiquitous. Everybody's using the N-bomb, you know, at least the youth is, right? The youth is definitely using it. I remember I was walking down the street, shot, you know, probably pick, pick up some food. I think if, this was at the falafel spot. So it was an Indian boy and a white boy and another Indian boy, another white boy. There's no black people around, just me. And I walked past and they all calling each other nigga. And I was just like, damn, white folks call each other nigga now? And then the Indians call each other nigga. And, you know, I wasn't going to stop and be like, hey, don't use those words. I kind of look at life as a case study. So I was just like, wow, this is, this is rather interesting. So... Moral of the story is you can't just say somebody's black because people are dropping an N-bomb. But I have a feeling when this story comes out, this person might be wrong. I think that these people might be Hispanic. And what if they're, you know, illegal or their mama was illegal? I don't know. But anyway, let's uh, continue on with the race grift. Now, the race grift has brought us to this news article. Uh, BU Center for Anti-Racist Research lays off staff members. Move comes amid shift in fellowship model, university says. Let's just hop right to the meat of it. Pause. Says the center, which opened at BU in the summer of 2020 amid nationwide protests. So basically the protests were popping and everybody wanted to cash in. That's basically what happened here. And they're like, oh, cool. We can use this to get rid of money and funnel money and do all sorts of money tricks. 
And I don't want to accuse anybody of uh, money laundering, but sure is the perfect guys for it. It says attempts to reach Kendi for comment unsuccessful. So this is Ibram X Kendi operation. Uh, anytime somebody puts X in their name, you know, they're definitely a race grifter. Like, you know, that was some Malcolm X shit. Now you want to put X in your name and then, yeah, that's some grifter shit right there. Get your own identity. Anyway, it says current and former, uh, employees. Let me make sure you can see this. Hold on. Okay. Good. It says, uh, Current and former employees in the center who spoke with the Globe were critical of Kendi's management and questioned how a department that has received millions of dollars in donations and grants since its launch can now be in position where it is cutting staff. So it received millions of dollars. We're going to get back to that in just a moment. Miss um, Piston here says, uh, oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Piston uh, says there are a number of ways it got to this point. It started very early on when the university decided to create a center that rested in the hands of one human being, an individual given millions of dollars and so much authority. Typical communist dictator stuff. And you'll see you know, examples of communism as we compl- uh, work our way through this article. But one man, one budget, millions of dollars. Seda Grundy, a BU associate professor of sociology and African-American and black diaspora studies, was named assistant director of narrative for the center in November 2020. But she said she left less than a year later. So less than a year later, she left. She came work with Ibram X and was like, y'all, I'm out. OK, so let's see why. She said the center lacked structure and she was forced to work hours beyond what was reasonable for the pay she received. So there it is. There's your overworking of uh of laborers, classic communism. You know, communism will come in and say, um, I remember certain accounts of communism, um, whether it be China or Russia or Germany, where the it was about like, you know, the labor workers, right? And, you know, we got to set the, uh, you know, set a certain amount of hours because we're being overworked. And then people started saying when communism came in, they worked more under communism than they did under capitalism <laughs> or feudalism. <laughs> so there you have that. And here you have the same thing. He's overworking these people. Now, for what? Like, like what could possibly be going on at this place that you can't get work done within the hours you have allotted for time? What could you possibly be doing that's so important? Nothing. It became very clear after I started that this was exploitative and other faculty faculty uh, experienced the same and worse. So they, when he says exploitative, I think what they're saying is exploiting the workers, right? Taking advantage of them, right? So let's go to the money. It says the announcement was followed by a flood of donations to BU to support the center and Kendi's work, including a $1.5 million three-year gift from the biotech company Vertex and a $10 million donation from Twitter founder Jack Dorsey later that summer. A few months later, the Rockefeller Foundation donated $1.5 million over two years to help fund the center's COVID-19 racial data tracker. So the Rockefeller Foundation comes in and says, look, we're going to give you one point five million put together with staff 
to track the COVID-19 racial data. All right. Let's let's take a look at that shitty ass project. COVID-19 has affected people of color the most. All right. So this is basically a huge propaganda campaign, um, which I doubt is going to address the idea of comorbidities. Right. It says here the project began with Ibram X. Kendi, founding director of the center. Right. I got job openings after they laid people off. Let's go to their racial data dashboard. Here it is. Here's the latest race, ethnicity, data. So this is what they paid them. 1.5 million to do this shit. 1.5 million to do this. To tell us how many people are dying, allegedly, while ignoring comorbidities. Absolutely insane. Absolutely insane. Um, I could have put that project together for 100000 But that's not what upset me. Because I expect Rockefeller to come and fund these people. Rockefeller money is everywhere. Right? I expect the Rockefeller Foundation to control black thought. Right? Because that's what this is. This is this is what some people refuse to call white supremacy, right? So Ibram X. Kendi will tell you about white supremacy and how white supremacy is bad. Meanwhile, one of the greatest white supremacists to ever exist has given a $1.5 million to fund data on one of the greatest white supremacist tricks ever. C-19. And he takes the money. Takes the money, right? Jack Dorsey is the one I'm really mad at. $10 million? Jack, you gave him $10 million, bro? And you ain't give Hotep Nation a penny? Shame on you. Shame on Jack Dorsey. This is a sick Negro. Shame on him. $10 million. So if we add that up, what do we get? $13 million? So we got $13 million for a project that started in 2020. $13 million. And we get failure utter failure. We get job layoffs. A lot of the job layoffs have to do with over hiring, hiring too quickly, or just lack of fund management. $13 million this race grifter got for his project. Just to be controlled by white leftists. Because he didn't do this at a black university. He does at Boston University. One of the most racist white liberal cities in the country. They're like conservative Democrats. Boston University. This is like, if you want to talk about racism, go to Boston. You want to see racism? You know, people try to say, oh, you got to go to a red state. Boston got some red districts. That's got some real racism. They got some blue districts. They got some real racism. Boston is one of the most racist places on the planet. On the planet. And that says a lot. So he chooses to go work in one of the most racist places. Now, some people would say, oh, well, that makes sense. Because if he's fighting race, wouldn't he start right where it's the worst? No, that obviously means he's going to be sabotaged at every step and controlled at Boston University. He should have did this out of an HBCU. 
if you were going to do it. And I wouldn't trust that either because HBCUs are white liberal. Many, not all, many are controlled by uh, white liberal opposition. But again, but again, complete and utter failure, 13 million. We know the millions of dollars that went missing because of BLM. And here we are seeing it again, the race grift. Absolutely um, easy money. The race grift for black people is easy money. If you are, um, now the thing is, there's two types of people, right? There are people who believe that, yeah, I'm fighting the power. And then there are people like, yeah, I'm just here for the money. And many of the people are there just for the money. But I think they're outnumbered by people that actually care. And those people are being misled by communist, socialist propaganda, liberal propaganda, race propaganda, designed to divide the nation and not unite the nation. 13 million. I would love to, I would love to actually let's go and look at this shit. Let's go look and see what they do. Let's see. Let's hit the research tab. What are they? So they're researching. What are they researching? I don't want to meet the team because I don't give a damn about the team. Actually, let's meet the team. Let's see how many white people is on this team. Oh, looks like that page might not be here anymore. <laughs> so much for that. <laughs> Anti-racist tech initiative. I'm in tech. Let's see what this is about. What is... ATI, anti-tech initiative, working to make tech anti-racist. <laughs> Your iPhone is racist. By gathering scientific evidence for transformational anti-racist practices and policies, we facilitate unprecedented partnerships between anti-racist researchers and tech, develop cutting-edge research, to create radical change. How? Okay, how? Here it is. Here's the how. Technology is all around us. Influence our daily life. We have an opportunity to imagine an, an, an anti-racist world starting. That doesn't answer how. Where was the how? Where, where, where is the how? Oh, this is the why. Okay, where's the how? Where's the how? How? How, how, are, you, how are you going to destroy the boogeyman of racism? And see, this is why I say this, this feels like money laundering to me because you can't eradicate racism. It's just not something you can do. It's not, it, it's, it's a money pit. Racism's going to exist. It's a constant. So trying to fight racism actually creates more racism, which creates a need for them to have their programs, which keeps the money flowing. Anti-racist programs create more, more racism. Anti-racist programs create more racism. Hotep, you're a genius. Hotepjesus.com. Just facts. Let's see. Co-create research agendas. So basically research, basically sitting on Google all day, right? Looking for shit to be mad at, right? COVID stories, research, research. All right, what else they got? So that's the research. What's the policy? What is? What are we doing with policy? The mission policy always identify racist policies. Okay, so they just want to find, all right, so they sit around all day and they find racist shit. What's the narrative? Um, all right. So basically th there's nothing here. There's nothing here. This is a huge money pit. It, it, it looks like a, it looks on a service, looks like a money laundering scam. They don't actually do any work. And, um, 
as I said, it's very exploitative. Uh, a former employee said, but like, what are they doing? Like, I was just strengthen anti-racist efforts across the country by facilitating collaboration and shared learning across sectors. That's a, a word salad, just a word salad. <laughs> so again, money laundering scheme, it looks like on the surface, Eremex keeps his relevancy, still keeps his job. And the money is probably going to keep pouring in. Um, I think some of the um, layoffs might have something to do with the fact they don't need niggas right now. Niggas is out. Is race even going to be a question? Is it even going to be on the ballot this year? I don't even think race is going to be on the ballot this year. I think Republicans and Democrats have given up on black people. We got to wait and see, though, because part of the grift is always the police killed the black man. So we got to wait and see who dies and makes the news, unfortunately. Let's go to our next story. Goldstein put this on my desk. Chicago mayor Johnson moves towards city run grocery stores. Hold on. Let me check the chat. Let me check the chat. I know y'all probably saying something funny in here. We call Massachusetts, Taxachusetts. Oh my God. You still over $250. That's a felony in Massachusetts. Yeesh. Massachusetts also has a real low crime and voted some of the safest places to live. Okay. Just teach people how to code says cliff, right? I like, how hard is this? Exactly. Like give people skills. Like, ATI <laughs> sounds like a disease. Boston is racist. San Francisco. Pat Patrice O'Neill. Oh man, what a genius! What a what a genius, Patrice O'Neill. Bet I had a roommate from there. Dosed me with LSD once. Wow. Wow. Black men are like seeds. Plant one in the ground and grow a money tree. It's lucrative. Oh my God, David Murdoch. Yay. Seems like the Grant period's ended and it's time to vacation. Yeah. Yeah. Steph want to know if they hiring. What up, Gazgano? What up, Emmanuel Presley? Let me check. Let me check on my rumblers. Tanai, what up, Tanai? They shot a pregnant black woman in the parking lot out here. That's sad. That's fucking sad. Send me that link, Tari. I want to check that out. I told you, um, told you Ohio's a different world, y'all. Uh, like the war on drugs, all a grift. Yeah, absolutely. It says like Gulag Archipelago. One huge communist grift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let's go back. So check this out. We got communism in the United States, like front and center. Uh, so city-run grocery stores. This is straight up in Soviet Union type shit. Um, so right here it says uh, the government is not going to run these stores at a profit when actual businesses could not do so. Instead, it is likely to supply food at a higher cost for taxpayers in the red. So I just want to tackle this. I, I will probably come back to tax in a minute, but I just want to tackle this first line here about profit. That's the issue when the government runs things 
is nobody really cares about a profit because if if the government run store is in the red, they'll just print more money, right? They'll just get some more money and just send more money and the taxpayers will fit the bill. There it goes. See the taxpayers are in the conversation just like that. And we talked about that on the Saturday stream, right? T bonds, et cetera, et cetera. So um basically the the eco, the, the the macroeconomic effects or or micro, I guess, in this situation, uh, since it's just Chicago and the local vicinity of this government-run store, is basically it's going to destroy. Um, it's going to destroy small business, right? Because uh, government's going to undercut, and people are going to go um, to these places. I will say also that the quality will probably be lower. The quality all around, the quality of customer support, the quality of the product um, service. Uh, all of it is going to be run very poorly because there is no incentive to run a good business. In order to have uh, incentive to run good business, you need to make money. You need to fire people to make more money. You need to hire people to make more money. When a government runs a business, there's no quotas. Like, what's the quota? It's just, hey, make sure we supply this need for the poor so they have some place to get food. And God knows what kind of food they're actually going to put on the shelf. And like I said, it's probably going to be low quality. But what this actually is going to do is going to destroy the local economy, destroy it. It's going to put small business out of business. Those grocery stores that did exist are going to have to compete with the government. So this is going to be a disaster in the making, disaster. They're going to have to shut these stores down and like within a year. Uh, if they run these stores anything longer than a year, just turn Chicago into uh, Soviet light. The whole place is going to have to be Chicago might be one of those places where we first get the National Guard as a police force. Just going to be a National Guard. It's going to be. Um, it's going to be like the a pilot program for communism in America. It's that's pretty, pretty much the best way to put this. And I said, what is striking is that Johnson's office said the grocery stores would be funded with the help of the Biden administration as well as state funds. So state funds, Biden admin, we're all paying for this dumbass pilot this dumbass project this dumbass experiment and then here we have a quote from the great late milton friedman if you put the government the federal government in charge of the sahara desert in five years there'd be a shortage of sand it's true it's just true and uh i mean we can definitely um well let's let's read this joke here this is soviet union joke here it says two men are waiting in a line to buy vodka an hour goes by, then two, and the line barely moves. Everyone is in a terrible mood. Finally, one of them can't take it any longer. This is it. I'm sick of this kind of life. Everywhere there are lines. You cannot buy anything, and the store shelves are empty. I've had enough. I'm going to the Kremlin right now to assassinate him. The man returns after two hours, still angry, and says, To hell with it. At the Kremlin, the line to assassinate Gorbachev is longer than this one. <laughs> the inefficiency of government. So what makes an economy efficient? The thing that makes an economy efficient is competition. Um, and, and then the, the, the uh, consumer ends up winning in the end. Uh, one, through lower prices. Two, uh, through higher quality of product. And, and three, higher quality of customer service. And this is in studies done by Sol and Walter Williams. They talk about this stuff. So 
I don't have to go into in depth. Go study up on your Walter Williams. Got plenty of videos online. Matter of fact, let me find a good uh, Walter Williams. Let me not leave you hanging. I'm going to give you some homework today. Hold on. Um, he's got one at, I think, yeah, I think, ironically, is it Boston College? Um, let me see here. Hold on. Let me see. American contempt for liberty. How much can we blame on slavery? Good intentions. Okay, here's one. This is at, I'm sorry, Villanova University. That's what this one is. I suggest watching this one right here. The legitimate role of government in free society. This one is 11 We're years old. We're fortunate enough to become. This is a really, really good lecture. Um, I suggest watching that one. Uh, as you can see from the um, progress bar, um, I watched that one. Um, Walter Williams on the what? On the Confederate flag. I got to go back and watch that one. Uh, Walter Williams. This is a different Walter Williams. This is not Walter. This is Walter E. Williams we're talking about here. So, yeah, I suggest watching Walter Williams, uh, The Legitimate Role of Government in Free Society. Really, really interesting talk. And uh, if you haven't watched that, then you really have no idea uh, uh, anything about economics until you watch that. Um, and I'm just saying that to promote the video because you can understand economics without that. But I think that's a good place for many people to start. Absolute great place for many people to start their studies. Go watch that. That's your homework. It's about an hour long. You know, you got to ride, you got to take a ride somewhere, road trip, you know, on the way to work, whatever it is. Go listen to that. Really, really good work. All right, let's go back in the bag. What else I got in this biggie bag? Um, oh, this shit. Look at this. And then we're going to get into some CBD stuff. You know, we got to talk about some CBDCs. Got a brief update on that. Um, So this video, right? This video is is going viral right and and this is this is hold on let me let me hold on a second um let me see if i can find um a clip of the video because i <laughs> i just want better for people all right so boom here here's this one right so remember everybody remember when i covered this story everybody remember when i covered this story right here about the little kid kicking the seat. And I'm like, this ain't real. And people were reacting to this video like as if it's real. Right? This person, she is racist as fuck, easy to see. Like, like. <laughs> and I'm just sitting there like, yo, like, y'all can't tell. I can tell you. Plane ain't even got no windows, somebody said. That's true. Um, but they are making these videos about, you know, uh, mom. This is this is the latest one, right? Mom comes in the classroom, they got an LGBT flag. And then somebody posted in the chat. Was it under Cassandra's tweet? Let me see if it's under Cassandra's tweet. Somebody posted a link. Here. All right, so here's the video. All right, here's the video right here. Um, let me go, let me show you my tweet. Let me show you my tweet, because when I saw this next iteration, 
right here, I said, this might be the worst employee orientation training video ever. And that's no easy feat. And some people fell for this. Um, like this person says, look at the replies. No one read what you said. They think it's real. And I'm like, facepalm. They said it's, and this person says it's staged. I've seen these type of videos. Example. And I'm like, that's my whole point. That is like my, my entire point that this is staged. And it's obviously staged. Like, first of all, the acting is terrible. And that's what I was referring to. Have you guys ever had an employee training video? I've had to watch tons of them, especially working in the restaurant industry. And they have some of the worst acting in these training videos for different scenarios. You know, like when you work retail, they got training videos. If a customer, you know, starts to berate you or gets out of line, you know, what do you do? Right. So it's the worst acting you ever see. So that's what I was talking about when I said this is an employee tra training video. I was pointing to the fact this is obviously acting. Right. Now, my concern is not that. My concern is dumbassery. Right. So Elijah Schaefer, right? he says this viral video circulating is fake, in my opinion. Like opinion, opinion, Elijah, really? <laughs> like you didn't know that from the first time you saw the first video from the first time I saw the first video, I wasn't even paying attention to the debacle between the mother and the teacher. Cause the, the black lady, as you see here, she was like, um, you know, cussing out this girl. This was the first video I saw this girl here. Um, who comes to school in a bikini, right? So right then and there, I'm like, all right, this gotta be fake. Cause who the fuck makes it into the classroom? You don't make it into your classroom in a bikini. That's just not possible. Security's gonna escort you, the principal, somebody's gonna see you. It would not take your teacher saying something. You would not make it this far. So that's number one. Number two was just like, no, that's never going to happen. It's just not gonna happen. It's just, it's not possible, right? Um, and then the back and forth by the teacher. Like, no teacher's really about to go back and forth with you over this shit. So I'm like, I know this shit fake. Then I, but the thing that really just had me pissed off was the fact that I was looking at other people in the classroom. Like, these people are like 35 years old. <laughs> this is not, these are not kids. <laughs> and y'all are passing this shit around like it's real. And I'm like, are y'all part of the PSYOP or y'all just dumb? So then I see Elijah Schaefer here, he's like, Making a thread, like, just change the teacher, change the angle, students 25 plus, script is a right-wing boomer's wet dream. And the right-wing boomers be falling for this shit. But I'm like, did, did people really need Elijah Schaefer to just break this down? Like, I thought it was obvious this was fake. But people are so dumb. People are really dumb. They, like, they really believe this shit. They really, really believe this shit. And I'm just like, you haven't learned your lesson that anything on the internet, everything on the internet is fake. Like when you see something on the internet, your first thought should be it's fake. That should be your first thought. Not it's, oh, it's real. The issue is confirmation bias, right? The issue is projection, right? The issue is playing upon people's dreams and wishes. So what they do is they know these boomers are new to the internet. They don't know shit. And basically what, what they're, they're preying on are their wishes, their hopes, and their dreams. 
So you're saying, hey, let's stage this. Now, these people, I think the people that are, are doing this, I think are training videos for socialist types. Anyway, that's another story for another day. I'm not even going to do the research on that because somebody else will do it. But these boomers get off on seeing people pushing back against the LGBTQ agenda. So they don't even, because they're so excited to see it, they don't even see that the video that they're looking at is completely a skit and scripted and a hoax. It's scripted. It's a skit. And they can't tell because their emotions are clouding their judgment. And the people who pass the videos around, many of them know it's fake. And uh, they still pass it around anyway because engagement farming. Just remember my rule. If it's on the Internet, it's fake until proven otherwise. You know how they say everybody's innocent until proven guilty? Everything on the Internet is fake until proven true. All right. All right. Let's get into the CBDC report. We're going to open up phone lines. If you want to get on the phone lines, text HOTEP in your name to 202-596-5631. 202-596-5631. Text HOTEP in your name to 202-596-5631. Let's get into the SysCoin update of the day. CBDC update in the day. We're only going to take a few minutes on this. But if you have not, Join our engagement group. The link is in the description box below. You can learn about crypto, but also get paid to crypto. Get paid to crypto. We got an airdrop coming soon. Once the SuperDAP app is out, participants will be compensated for their efforts and their time and their work. If you want to get in on that, get in on that. A Sappington. Link is in the description box below. Don't say I didn't tell you. Now let's go to our CBDC report of the day. I want to start first with this letter. First, I want to start with this letter. Um, this comes from a name I recognize, but I don't think it's for this. I think I just recognize there's another Ignazio that was in the news. I can't remember who that was out of Italy. But um, this guy writes a letter on central on, on why America needs a CBDC. And I'm going to just cut to the chase here. It says my bank outsources money transfers to an outside app. Call it a, my landlady use another say B. I asked her to kindly register in a, which she did only to discover that a has daily and monthly limits that do not allow me to pay the rent. I wait till you see the dumb assery, like the, like people debunk themselves. And, and if you don't have two brain cells that communicate with each other, you will completely miss this. But he debunks himself, right? So he says, I asked my bank to raise the limit. Not possible, it said. Only A can do it. I called A. Not possible, said. Only the bank can do it. To escape the catch 22, I thought of registering into B myself. Only to find out that I could not use it without reconfiguring my phone on my new U.S. phone number at the risk of compromising other phone functionalities at that point i was desperate enough to ask whether i could withdraw the cash and walk 200 meters the neighborhood seemed safe enough not possible i was told money laundering regulation prohibits it this is when i reluctantly thought perhaps cbdc would a cbdc account would solve this eventually the only way to avoid being kicked out of my home was to do another online transfer from my bank in europe this time to the landlady's account another two days another small cost courtesy of the eurozone 
which I don't understand why he didn't do that in the first place. But anyway, uh, reflecting on this adventure, a truth dawned on me. CBDCs are really needed only if your payment system is inefficient and competition and regulation fail to solve the problem. This is the most this is most often the case in developing countries, but not always. Right. So I want to pay attention right here where he says regulation fails. Right? Regulation fails. Who caused all of this problem? Who caused the problem? Who set the limits on your bank account? Surely wasn't the bank. Well, technically it was the bank. But technically it's the United States government, depending on how you want to look at this thing. Technically it's the Federal Reserve, but the bank itself is... Uh, the bank itself is... Uh, has to follow the government regulations. It has to follow regulation. And he said regulation fails to solve the problem. Well, the problem exists because of regulation. That's what makes him a dumbass. And he says right here, CBDCs are really needed only if your payment system is inefficient and competition and regulation fail to solve the problem. You can't have competition when you have regulation. When you have regulation, it kills competition. Right. So regulation is say you have to have a certain amount of money to start a bank. Why? What if I have one dollar and stay? I'm going to start a bank today. People trust me to hold their money. Maybe I come up with some brain scheme idea of how to secure people's money and they give me their money. I legally couldn't do that because of regulations. So that right there would change the nature of competition. It keeps the little guy out. That's what regulation does. Regulation stops the little guy from making these moves. So this is his argument for CBDC, not remove regulation, not remove regulation. Oh, CBDC, which tells me this guy's a plant. He's an absolute plant. Or at least he just comes off as one. Um, what else happened in the CBDC world? Hold on. Let me pull this up on your screen. And then we're going to go to the phone lines. Uh, okay. Daily CBDC update. So, Another Republican, Alex X, uh, Alex X Mooney, not no relation to uh, Ibram X Kendi. He uh, reintroduced Bill um, HR thirty seven twelve. It's called the Digital Dollar Pilot Prevention Act, and this will receive a markup on nine twenty. So in two days, they're going to update this. Okay. Um, then. They're amending the Federal Reserve Act, or at least introducing an amendment to the Federal Reserve Act. And H.R. 5403, if you're in that state, um, I suggest supporting this. Call your senator, House of Representatives, all of that. Support this, but support these bills. But I think this one is better written than the other bills I saw. Uh, a Federal Reserve Bank shall not offer a central bank digital currency or any digital asset that is substantially similar under any other name or label indirectly to an individual through a financial institution or other intermediary. And I think this does a really good job of trying to cover all angles and make sure there's no loopholes for them to create a CBDC. Uh, I, I, I can't say it it's 100% perfect because there's a lot of thinking that has to go into this because when you're dealing with slicksters and shapeshifters, you got to cover so many angles because they're always going to find a way to slither, slither their policies in. You know, they might couple it with another bill, right? We've seen that happen before where 
you know, this bill has money for Ukraine. And it's like, wait, this bill is called Save America Act, and there's ten billion in it for Ukraine, and then eight million for Uganda. And it's like, wait, I thought it was the Save America Act. Like, what was going on here? Um, so yeah, so a lot of action happening in the house. A lot of this stuff is going under the radar. Radar. Nobody's talking about this. Nobody's really mentioning this. Um, you can go Google it and, and you can go check and see what your uh, people are talking about, but they're not paying attention. And uh, you might want to make them pay attention. But HR 3712 and HR 5403, two anti CBDC bills introduced, or I should say updated, marked up. Um, and hopefully that stuff happens, you know, hopefully it happens. We'll see. We'll see how that works. We'll, we'll pay attention to those. Um, and then HSBC has, uh, is working with Hong Kong. They got a CBDC and they're basically going to test it with students. That's something we didn't see. That's something, well, I'll say I, that's something I didn't see coming. I didn't think about that. Tested on students and staff at a college. It's a nice place to run a pilot program. This is something I've always said for a while. I said the best place for an entrepreneur is a college. The best place for an entrepreneur is a college. Uh, and I always said, you know, if you are a student and you're at college, this is your opportunity to become a millionaire. If you do not become a millionaire before you leave college, you failed college. At least some revenue generating business of some sort, some significant revenue, because all of your resources are right there on the university. Everybody's pretty much stuck in a bubble, right? On a university, everybody's stuck in this place. So it's really easy to advertise and promote to them. That's why drugs are are so um, prominent in in these communities because they're tight knit communities and people talk and resources get shared. Uh, so yeah, so that's coming to Hong Kong. Uh, R.I.P. to Hong Kong. And with that said, we're gonna go to the phone lines. Text hold up in your name to two zero two five nine six five six three one two zero two five nine six five six three one, and I'll be right back after this short brief commercial break. 